This is Behind the Exploratory Lessons, episode number 22, the second one for season number two. As you all remember, I'm treating this one as an abbreviated one where it's not going to be every week, but if it's something significant or special or I have guests, you're going to be hearing it right out of the gate. So there's no definite time period. And this is why, because when you have a wild week of news, it has been wild, not just with the whole week, today in general, in NASCAR, ARCA, and IndyCar. I know my main emphasis, as you see the title of the episode, is about the day one ARCA test at the Daytona International Speedway, which 50 cars were scheduled, 48 set a time, with one driver riding two cars, another one didn't set a lap, according to the data board that I got with me. But first things first, let's talk about what's going on in NASCAR today. Pitbull, you know, Mr. Trio Fab or Mr. Worldwide International, whichever generation you are. I'm in the 305 generation because, you know, the Guy Ocho and all that Need for Speed stuff. You know, I mean, not Need for Speed, Too Fast, Too Furious, even Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition, that era of Pitbull. That's the one I associate the most. That's why I say Mr. 305 at the beginning. Anyways, Pitbull is going to be a majority owner. He's going to be... A co-owner, not majority. Michael Jordan is the majority owner of 2311 Racing with Denny Hamlin. With Trackhouse Racing, it's going to be Justin Marks with involvement of Ty Norris. And last, but certainly not least, Pitbull. Yes, indeed, we have a Hispanic owner in the world of NASCAR. Talk about 2021 being wild. This offseason with all the news and vice versa, and just today alone, it's like, it's a great thing for Pitbull to join part, I know some people feel like, oh, it's gonna be like Nelly, or Randy Moss, or Floyd Mayweather, who hasn't even brought a car out of the racetrack to begin with, and we're still wondering if that's ever gonna happen, you know, Money Team Racing, is that ever gonna happen? Time will ultimately tell, I'm not putting any pluses on that end for this time, but yeah, Pitbull is gonna be with the Justin Marks Trackhouse Racing Team, the number 99 car. So it'll be interesting to see. But it's quite a landscape shift. We have the GOAT of sports. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe to some. In my opinion. Michael Jordan is the GOAT of sports. Not just in basketball. He's right up there with Muhammad Ali and Pele and Ayrton Senna in my book. Who are the GOATs in the world of sports as a whole. But that's a different subject for another time. And as far as the world of IndyCar racing. Marco Andretti will no longer run full-time in the NTT IndyCar series. Instead, he's going to be focusing on different ventures. That does not mean he's retiring. He's going to be focusing on the 105th Indianapolis 500, which, finger crossed, I am there on Sunday, May the 30th. Hopefully, things get better to get myself out there to live the dream of covering the the greatest spectacle of all racing. But that's a different subject for another time. Yet again, he wants to do some sports car racing with his cousin Jared, who happens to be the son of John Andretti, and it's been it's been a it's been a rough start to 2021 for the Andretti the the whole past year with John passing away last year, and although a couple weeks back it's been a rough year, and I certainly wish nothing but the absolute best for Marco, and hopefully by focusing on the 500, maybe maybe that Andretti curse will come to an end. He won the poll last year in the Indianapolis 500, but he never got a chance to be at the front because Scott Dixon took it like a, a quick heartbeat. And just like a few seconds, the moment the green flag dropped, he lost the lead. Hopefully, 2021 will be a lot better for Marco. So, yes, there will be four Andretti Autosport cars rather than five. 
which are Colton Herta, Ryan Hunter Ray, who announced he'll be staying once more with the team with DHL back yet again for an 11th straight season. Along with Hunter Ray Herta, you have James Hinchcliffe in the number 26, who replaced the departed and released Zach Veach, who will be running the Rolex 24 at this very moment in time. And last but not least, Alexander Rossi, the 2016 Indianapolis 500 champion. Hopefully, the entire Andretti camp, Herta was the one that carried the entire team. And he wasn't necessarily the full main Andretti car. He was the Harding Steinbrenner Andretti Autosport. Marco, on the other hand, is in the Andretti Herta curb team, the 98 squad. Time will tell if that 98 will still be around or they're just going to be back when the, about a decade ago when their main focus is on the Indianapolis 500. And we're coming up to that decade anniversary of Dan Weldon winning the the running of the Indianapolis 500 for the second and final time for Brian Herta. That 98 car has won twice in within that time period of Weldon's win to where we at right now. The other being, of course, Rossi five years ago. So maybe if the trend continues, could this be the year for Marco Andretti to break the Andretti curse? We'll have to wait and find out once May rolls along. Now, let's talk about ARCA. There's a lot of stuff about ARCA. So here are the top 10 quickest drivers because, as I mentioned, 50 cars were at the track. 49 drivers took turns. 48 were able to set times. That one driver that drove two cars was Ty Gibbs, who was second quickest. And knowing Ty, who does not tell anybody and refuses to tell anybody about future plans, he was second quickest. Presumably, presumably you think you'd be full-time ARCA on a national level this year. But right now, we only have two notable that are worthy that will compete for the championship. And those are Nick Sanchez and Corey Heim. But anyways, well, enough silly season talk from Ty Gibson. Here is the top 10. Derek Lancaster, who ran 29 laps, set the fastest time of 48.939 seconds. He was quicker by 46 one-thousandths of a second than Ty Gibbs in the number 18 car. Sad Moffitt ended up third. Sean Core fourth. Nick Sanchez won the fifth. Defending Archibald Series champion on the national side, Brett Holmes was sixth quickest. Brett will run a limited ARCA and Campy World Track Series schedule with his own family team. More on that family team in just a moment regarding who will be sharing that ride for at least the first half of the NASCAR slash ARCA season. Corey Heim was seventh quickest. Taylor Gray, the winner of Kern Park last November, was eighth. Rich Bickle, who is back at Daytona for the first time in 20 years. And it's 20 because I know on Twitter he said 21 years, which refers to 2000. He did drove the NASCAR Bush Series race in the number 59 Kingsford Chevrolet in 01. So it was technically 20 years. But good to see Rich running a national arc. It took everybody by surprise. Everyone was very exciting about Rich Bickle. Unfortunately, when I found out that Rich Bickle, because I was looking through Facebook and I was like, Huh, Rich Bickle, huh? He's running full-time. I, kind of, I saw a Facebook post that said Rich Bickle's running full not full-time, running the ARCA race at Daytona. And I had to check to make sure where's the front. It says, pub table racers. Like, oh, this is this is reliable. This is legit. It's like, well, I might as well share it on Twitter. Put credit where, who wrote the article, you know, because it's journalist. If I find something that is intriguing, maybe to the eyes of others, but I didn't wrote about it, I make sure to credit them. But they broke the story that Rich Bickle will run at Daytona. He will be teammates with Sean Core. 
So a good effort to see Beck go ninth. They saw mostly single car runs. There's, there were some pack racing, but that will be more of a greater emphasis on tomorrow's session. Running out the top 10 is Arca West racer Jack Wood, who will be driving for GMS Racing this season, concentrating on the east side. So it's good to see the guy from Velocity Racing giving him a, a grand opportunity. This is a good opportunity. Hopefully, I wish him nothing but the best of luck to represent the west coast quite well, even though he's going to the east. But then again, the east has the competition and the venues that matter most when it comes to getting your name on the floor on a NASCAR national level. Here are some notables from the rest of the rostrum. Dave Mater III, the 1992 Winston All-Star driver for Melling Racing. Greg Van Els, 12th. Howie DeSavino III, 13th. Defending two-time ARCA East champion Sam Mayer. And Sioux Chief Showdown champion was 13th. Quickest in the second, Brett Holmes' car. He'll be driving... The first half of the NASCAR Track Series season, part time, of course, sharing it with Brett, and the number in the number twenty in the number thirty two Chevrolet, the twenty three, of course, in the Track Series that is owned by GMS Racing. The twenty three will be, of course, on the ARCA side. It's good to see Sam Mayer and Brett Holmes, the main champions of ARCA, joining forces, work together, and it will keep Sam Mayer very busy. That is for sure. And when I asked Sam. On Thursday, how important is it to run several races possible before making the big jump to JRM in June to run for the Xfinity Series? It's huge. Like, staying out of the seat for six or eight months or whatever I would have been uh, ain't going to be good as a driver. So, again, this opportunity to stay in the seat, especially in, like, the Truck Series and the Arca Series, uh, two pretty stacked fields, especially in the last couple of years. Uh, where I can compete and race for wins too with a good team like Red Home Racing. Uh, it means a lot, and it's definitely going to help me, like I said earlier in my career, just because I'm going to not fall back and get behind it all and, uh, and like just staying in the seat and stuff. So it's definitely a big deal, especially going over to a big place like Junior Motorsports where they expect you to show up and start getting top fives and top tens out of the box. So uh, we're going to go over and do that, and this is definitely the first step in doing that. Thank you. Best of luck, and see if the Browns pull off that big win next this coming weekend. Heck yeah. Yeah, I had to bring up the Cleveland Browns, even though they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And here's my angst towards the Browns making the playoffs. When you're from the state of Washington, you root for the Seattle Mariners. I know football, baseball, two different sports. But when the Seattle Mariners have the longest drought of all the sports and Cleveland Browns are behind us, you gotta give. You gotta go with the meme. You gotta go with the humor. The fact that Browns made it, and also the Marlins and baseball, I cannot. I am baffled about that to this day. What's worth the fun value of handing it over to the Sacramento Kings, who has the longest route at the NBA? There's no fun value. You know who's now? You know who has the longest drought in the NFL? With Cleveland making it, and also Tampa Bay, who were behind, the New York Jets. So fingers crossed if the NBA season continues and hopefully gets better on that. I guess it's looking really awful right now as far as their odds of keeping the season going with the pandemic. I hope the I hope the Sacramento Kings make it. I would not mind that. So at least if hopefully this season the Mariners make the playoffs and they better on the 20th anniversary of the 116 win season, they make it to the playoffs and hand it over to the New York Jets because that will be a complete full circle. Enough football talk. Here are the others. Chris Wright, 15th. He'll be driving full-time in the Camping World Truck Series for Young's Motorsports. 
16th was Derek Griffith to stand out from the East Race in Newsburg a year ago when he was driving for Chad Bright. He'll be on a limited schedule with Vendor Reading Motorsports when it comes to sponsorship. Drew Dollar, who will scale back to a part-time national deal, was 17th. And let's go down to more results. Dawson Cram, 21st. Gracie Trotter, the winner of the Las Vegas Bullring Race. I had her on the Season 1 finale, which was a couple episodes ago, which was days removed after that win. Was 22nd quickest. I will discuss more about Gracie Trotter along with Thad Moffitt and Derek Lancaster. But she'll be driving a 10-race National ARCA deal with Venerina Motorsports. And I wrote an article, a column about why this year is very important for her to succeed in arguably the A car. The 25 is the main car. This is the car that Michael Self, who, I'd ha who I had on on the last episode, the previous episode. Make sure you check it out after this one. Where we talk about the move from ARCA to Trans Am and be more of a general manager, which he will be with Silver Hair Racing in the TA2 category. This is the car that won last year. Expectations are running high. If Gracie Trotter delivers in these those 10 races that she's running in the 25 and the 15, you gotta really look at Gracie Trotter being actually the future of female motorsports and maybe of racing. But people are still sleeping on her. They're still. They're overlooking. They're not, they don't want to give her credit. They don't, which is sad. Because I think Gracie Trotter is probably more of a better racer than Haley Deegan in my book. And I discuss about that in my column from the Podium Finish. Make sure you look it up. Thepodiumfinish.net Alright, more results. Jet Nolan, 23rd. Alex Sedgwick, 24th. Yes, the NBA 2K car was 24 quickest. Willie Mullins, 26th. Kyle Sieg, 28th. Carson Hosebar, 30th. Mark Green, yes, one of the Green brothers from Owensboro, Kentucky, 33rd quickest. The second Ty Gibbs car was 34th. Chase Dixon was 37th. Juan Manuel Gonzalez, 39th. Josh Berry, who will be driving the first half of the Xfinity schedule for JRM in the number 8 car before Sam Mayer turns 18 and takes over, was 40th in the second Derek Lancaster car. The reason why I mentioned Dixon here is because he's driving the other Lancaster car. And when you hear the post-testing, I said in an original take, post-race, is post-testing video conference, you'll hear more about why this is significant for Josh Berry to run the ARCA race ahead of the Xfinity race. So you make sure to tune in for that. 42nd was Blaine Perkins, the two-time West winner who finished second behind Jesse Love in a West Championship trail. Ed Pompa, 43rd. Owen Smith, 45th. Brittany Samora out of Kennewick, Washington was 48th quickest. She only ran 18 laps with a time of 53.226. Dream come true for her. Hopefully sometime around the road I'll have Samora on this show. Because, hey, we're both from Washington. It's got to happen soon, you know? And the one that ended up running no laps according to this timesheet is Jason Miles, who ended up 50th. The bottom, the, the, out of the bottom was Mariah Bunrio, 49th, one lap with a 59.641. More or less, I'd assume they're just making adjustments and dialing in. One I forgot to mention in the rundown is 38th quickest, Devin Rouse, who will is hoping to have an ARCA and Truck Series deal in the hands. Is he is the first openly LGBTQ ARCA driver, and more notably, one of the few that are very active in racing. The, well, there has been a few of them in the past in NASCAR, including 
one other Truck Series driver that drove in 2003. And I am happy that Devin Rouse, no relation to Cole Rouse, who drove in the K&N West Series, that ended up leading with one lap to go in Meridian, only to be punted by Haley Deegan and root of her first win. I still will never forget that day, because it is very important to acknowledge that audio happening. Steven Rhodes was the the driver that I'm referring to back in 2003 as one of the notable LGBTQ competitors. Because people were confused and people were already jumping to conclusions that Devin Rouse is the first, first openly driver out there. But he did acknowledge Steven Rhodes on the NASCAR end, which is appreciative that people look at the history. Because it's important that people not to gloss or overwrite history. Because that little thing irked me. But kudos to Devin Ross. I hope things work out. And at one point, he was quicker than... In fact, he was still quicker than Josh Berry in a single-car run. This is an Andy Hillenberg-prepared car. And it kind of shows a little bit of what Andy Hillenberg is as an owner. He's, he has an openly driver driving an Arcon. You also have Armani Williams, who got a top-ten finish in Michigan as an, a driver with autism, including yours really having one. All right, let's jump back to the top of the order before we continue on. Let's go hear what Derek Lancaster had to say. I even asked the question because here's the story about Derek Lancaster. I want this to be the first thing to, to you, you guys to hear because it's very important to know. Because when it comes to comebacks, rallying from adversity, Lancaster went through that since his horrific late model crash in August. That had a base of a skull fracture. Doctors even told him. People told him to stop driving. Focus on the ownership side. But look who's back. He's running. He has a great reputation as being a successful late model racing. That you'll hear. And I want you and I want you to hear that story. Because I asked him. How gratifying it is to be on top of the speed charts at Daytona. I don't care what racing discipline it is. If you're on top of the leaderboard at Daytona. Whether it's an open wheel, a stock car, sports car, regional, local, whatever it may be, modified, a go-kart. If you're on top of the leaderboard at Daytona, the number says 29, number one, it's a big deal. So I felt like asking him how gratifying it is to get back in a race car and be quick. Being the fastest man at Daytona, you mentioned the volunteers. Just describe how gratifying is it considering, from what I understood, you went through a lot of circuses to get from what happened a year ago to now where you're at with so much confidence. Well, I mean, you know, six months ago, I thought my racing career was over. You know, my racing career is a lot different. I'm, I'll be 47 when we, or 48 when we come back in February. You know, this is a hobby to me. I, I love racing. I love the old school racers. There's a lot of people I grew up watching. You know, I love being able to come here. It means a lot to, to run in the history of Daytona. Uh, you know, it's just hard for me to explain what my family's gone through in the last six months. And for me to be cleared to come back after having a basal skull fracture, I just... It means a lot. All right, without further ado, here is the majority of the post-test video conference that a couple of the media people asked as far as the adversity he went through. And hope you enjoyed this story. Let's go through that fast lap. I'm assuming this was in the draft. So uh, who, who did you hook up with to get that, that quick time in the draft? You know, this is my sixth or seventh time here. Uh, 
and you gain experience every time you're on a racetrack, no matter where you're at. You know, if you if anybody tells you they're not learning something every time, they're lying to you. You know, like I said earlier, what we've done is I've got I've got one guy that works a full time job, and he eats, breathes, sleeps racing. Uh, he loves it. That's what that's his passion. You know, Don Akers puts in a lot of time for this. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me to really tell people it, what it means to us. Uh, it's just, it's a difficult thing and, and very emotional. So for those who don't know, it, it was a, a tough year for you last year and, and maybe didn't expect to be back in the race car. If you don't mind, just kind of recap the events of last season that, that have brought you to where we're at right now. You know, we had big plans for last year. We had built a new RNS race car to run late model. We were going to come to Daytona. Then we ended up, my business got very busy and we didn't come. Uh, then, you know, we were three or four months there with my business was slow. We were, uh, you know, we didn't know if we were going to be able to race. Our local racetrack, which is Motor Mile Speedway, didn't have, they didn't open. Then we ended up traveling to Kingsport Speedway. And, you know, we'd been, I'd won there the previous year. Uh, then we went back and, and traveled and we just kept missing that little, that little hint of speed that we had before. We went back, I think the third race last year that we'd ran there and just an, a freak accident. Uh, some cars had wrecked in front of us. Uh, I made contact with another car and it went airborne and it happened to just hit it to wrong spot. Uh, it was actually August the 7th, 2020. Uh, we hit, I thought I was okay. I climbed out of the car and my son-in-law seen a big knot come up on my neck and I'd walked around, I was sore. Walked back to the hauler and then they decided that something didn't look right in my neck. They uh, took me to uh, the hospital there in Kingsport, Tennessee, between Kingsport and Bristol. Uh, and they discovered that I'd had a, a C1 that was three quarters fractured. Uh, I ended up in ICU for five or six days, went home, wore a collar for three months. Uh, they advised me that I'd never be in a race car again. And that was very emotional to me and my family, but it's not nearly as emotional as it is to my family for me to come back here now. Uh, but, you know, then, then all the, COVID stuff going on. It's just 2020 has been a terrible year and I hope 2021 is a lot better. Well, it seems to me like 2021 starting off all right for you, man. It's a great way to get it started. Um, Chris, do you have another question? I do. Uh, Derek, you had mentioned, you know, the tough 2020, the, the injury. Um, what does that mean? And you had mentioned you've been to Daytona before. This isn't new, uh, but then coming back to Daytona this year, Having the success, you know, I realize it's day one, but having the success that you had today, tell me about what that really means to you and to your family to, to have that success and to, to really open up the promise that, that could be there for this year. Well, you know, my wife and three daughters mean, mean the world to me. Uh, I've got a granddaughter that's coming within the next few days. I'm gonna be a grandfather. To be honest with you, they're 
they're upset that I'm here. My mother and father are upset that I'm here. Uh, they wanted me to go on and, and just quit racing and maybe be an owner and, and do something different. And that may be what I end up doing in the near future. You know, I, I promised them a long time ago I would retire when I was 50 and not drive anymore. Uh, you know, I just – I got to see where everything leads me. I think – I think they're happy now. My phone hadn't stopped ringing since uh, we went to the top of the board here. But there's a lot of good cars here, and I think we were very fortunate. Ty and myself hooked up, and, and we ran those cars down from a good ways back. So – we just gotta we just gotta see what t- holds tomorrow and what holds when we come back in February. Very good. I assume that uh, you'll get to go and, and have a nice sit down dinner tonight w- with uh, your team and, and your volunteers. Enjoy that tonight. Being at the top of the the charts, uh, you deserve it. And uh, thank you for coming back. Yes. Hey, we want to thank you all. You know, we just hope racing keeps uh, gaining popularity. You know, that's that's what we want. Every, every racer out here wants as many people as they can get in the stands. And, you know, NASCAR's took a, a bad hit, just like ARCA and, and everybody else this year, this COVID. I'll be glad when it's over. Yeah, won't we all? Well, you know, Derek, when you're 50 and you've promised to retire, Judson O'Neill will be 15 and finally eligible to come compete here in the ARCA Menard Series. Maybe we'll have to hook you two up and work on a, a driver development contract. Judson, do you have a question for Derek? While we got you here, yeah. Now it should be my question: uh, okay. Can I drive for you soon? Because that that should be my question. But I, I want to know uh, how does how does the speed and uh, uh, sensation compare to like a your short tra- at short tracks and stuff and like here? You just have to you know you have to really be careful here. Things happen a whole lot quicker here, and and you've got to you know car control is a lot. But the car control is like this everywhere on a short track and here. But you just got to – things happen so fast at Daytona and Talladega. You've got to stay up on top and, and just watch what happens. And, and so one more thing I'd like to know. So so um, how big is the side draft with these uh, big composite cars? Oh, today I, – I learned more today than I've learned in my last seven or eight visits here, six, seven, eight visits here. Uh. You know, I've got I've got a teacher that I can't tell a whole lot about that's telling me stuff, but you know, as long as you can stay sucked up to the car in front of you and then stay as close as you can to him until you get to his door and then try to pull away, the stuff I've done today just is is very big to what I'd learned in the in the past. Yeah, it's always it's always going to be a great experience coming. Well, hopefully it will be. It depends depends how the race is going for you uh, when you come here to the World Center Racing, but. I was looking, I was sitting at school, like, I know you guys probably don't believe me, but the whole day when I was at school, I kept, I was, I, we have our school iPads and every like five minutes I would go to the uh, website and I would refresh and see who was on the top of the leaderboard all day long. And so it was the end of the semester. So I was just had a bunch of free time. And that's the whole thing I did. I just sat there and stared at the leaderboard and I saw your name on there. And I was like, Oh, I was, I was looking forward because I knew I was going to be a part of this. And I was, Really looking forward to talking to you, but a great job today. Thank you very much. And and good luck to you and good luck to you in the future. Thank you. Judson, you better pay attention in school. Your parents are gonna yell at you like I yell at my son for goofing <laughs> off during school. Well, and well here, here's the cars. thing. Here's the thing. Well, I, I have like I have almost all A's uh and 
I, I had free time because this was the end of the semester. So I'm, I'm innocent here. The teacher told me I, ha I had free time. So I, was, I, I got evidence. Yeah, that's what my son says to me too, pal. Chris, I see you have your hand up. Chris Knight, go ahead with your, uh, this will be the final question for, uh, for Derek Lancaster. Go ahead whenever you're ready. Hey, Derek, I apologize. I was on a conference call, so I apologize if this question's already been asked, but I know that you've been obviously uh, a force to be reckoned with on the super speedways and you have a number of cars. Are you planning to come back with just one car and one driver for the season opener? Or is it realistic that you maybe if things develop, maybe with Josh Berry or, or something along the lines, you could come back and be more than just a one car team uh, for the season opener? You know, uh, we're in negotiation now with with josh uh, he's wanting to get experience for the xfinity race which he's running for dale jr uh, chase is not old enough to run this year but we will be back with chase next year uh, you know we have a seat that's open we've struggled a little bit with those two cars today we've had uh you know some some problems some binding up issues that we're working on we hope to get better with those tomorrow um Josh ran over something early and knocked a hole in the radiator. So we had to change all that. And that took a, a lengthy amount of time. And, you know, I'm looking at a rental deal in the near future, but I just, right now we have some stuff open. We actually have a, a fourth car back at the shop, but, but we don't want to take that chance of bringing it. We would like to, if Josh wants to come back is just try to cut back and do a two car race, see how it goes. I think Josh and I would run good together, but we just got to see what happens. Cool. Thanks for your time and good luck tomorrow. Thank you very much. Well, Derek, I'll just parrot what everybody else said. Congratulations on a great day. We're, we're happy to have you here, man, especially after all you went through last season. Glad you're out here having fun. And, and hey, let's, uh, you know, for, for us 45-plus-year-olds, uh, let's uh, come back here in February and take it to those kids, all right? I hope we're lucky enough to do that. You just, you know, you just got to be careful here and stay out of trouble. And, and like Thad said, it's a whole lot of give and a, and a lot less take. You got to be very smart here. I've learned a lot of lessons. We've had cars very fast every time we've been here and the luck just hadn't went my way. And I hope after what all I went through last year, or maybe my luck's a little different. I know it's not officially a guest on the program this is basically a news oriented episode where i tell you what's going on what happened and when it comes to arca because i feel like there's a lot of stuff to talk about and i want you to hear the stories let's go down to third with thad moffitt who and while i didn't ask a question we got a little bit of nuggets in that regarding what his plans are for the 2021 national arca series will be and whether or not there's a camping world truck series set of races on the cards coming soon one thing is certain it'll be under the dgr banner yes it is now known as david gilliland racing rather than dgr crossley that's one of the many other news that has happened during this wild and wicked off season so without further ado here is what thad moffitt had to say regarding his 2021 plans well, we will open it up to questions i know uh, casey campbell is itching to get in here and throw out his first question of 2021 casey go ahead whenever you're ready well, I haven't talked to this kid. I haven't talked to this kid in like million in uh it's been a good few months. How are you? How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you, Casey? It's always good to hear your voice. Yeah, that's that's always good, man. Um, it is always good to hear me because I'm currently battling something. But we'll we'll get to that later. 
Um, but anyway, you know, going into the season, do you know what your plans are for 2021? Yeah, so we've we've front loaded this season. So we're going to run the first 12, uh, very similar to what we did last year. Um, so Performance Plus has probably cut their sponsorship to a quarter of what they've been doing. Uh, but fortunately, um, Aqua Chem Packs, the clean packs company that was on my car at Memphis, uh, has went from one race to eight races or, or seven full races with one co-branded race. Uh, so so that we were very fortunate to get them um, on for multiple races this season. And we're going to try and front load the season. So hopefully um, maybe we can get some feet on the ground of potential sponsors because uh, it's tough to sell sponsorship when you can't bring the people to the track and they can see it when they can see it. It's much easier to get them to buy into it. You know, we had, uh, we had the clean packs people at Daytona last year and they decided to do Memphis and then Memphis went well and they decided to do, eight more races this year so hopefully we can get through August I think the first 12 carries us to August and then um, hopefully get the back half of the season coming into the season we had high hopes uh, if performance plus would have stayed what they were at we were hoping to run the full season and do five truck races so I've went ahead and got all my tests done and certified for the truck stuff uh, so if something come, comes along hopefully we can run uh, a handful of truck races this year with David um, but we will be at DGR for, for all 12 races. All right, Deb Williams, you have a question for Thad Moffat. Go ahead whenever you're ready. Yeah, hey, Thad, it's good seeing you again. It's good seeing you too, Deb. <laughs> uh, you mentioned you'd been certified to run in the truck series. If you get your sponsorship, would that be with DGR or who would that be with? Uh, yeah, so it would be uh, a DGR truck. Um, our first our first goal right now is to fin get the complete ARCA season and hopefully run for a championship. Uh, but but secondly, we would like to run um, hopefully a handful of truck races, if if at all possible. Um, but that would definitely be out of David's shop. Okay, great. Thank you. Good luck. Hope you get sponsorship for everybody <laughs> for Thank my <you>. series. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to wrap up this episode, let's go down to Gracie Trotter, who ended up 22nd quickest in the A-car of Venerini. I refer to 25 as the A-car because that's the number synonymous to ARCA and that race team. You got you had several successes. There's a lot of expectations for Trotter. This, she's coming to a team that has won with the likes of Michael Sell, John Westtown, if I remember correctly, even Harrison Burton. There's a lot of high expectations when it comes to winning at Daytona and be successful at Daytona. And the, and and I refer back to when I had her on in the season finale and refer like, you're going to Daytona, the track her racing idol, AJ Foy, won the Great American Race for the Wood Brothers. I And also a couple of Rolex 24 triumphs as well. I asked Gracie how the mindset has to be adapted in terms of finding out that you're going to Daytona in a heartbeat because this when she said it that this was a last minute situation this was a last it was sorted out in the last minute like there was no glance of her coming to Daytona she and when you hear her response to my question it came so quick that there was some confusion whether or not it, like which Daytona race is they're talking about some other time or the one coming up lo and behold it's the one coming up when I first got the call from Daytona saying hey you know, we found you some open ARCA races with Venturini this year on, and he's like, your first race probably be Daytona. And I'm like, are you talking about like 
is there another Daytona race throughout the year? Like, I didn't think they'd put me my first race of the year in Daytona, and I've only had, you know, about 15 ARCA races so far. So um, I was like, he's like, no, first race of the season. And I was like, okay, wow, this is crazy. You no, know, I didn't really know how to feel, but I was calling my dad and my mom, telling everybody, like, guys, I think I'm going to Daytona. But, and everyone was freaking out. So it's, it's really cool to be here. Trotter hopes to be the one to bring Venerini Motorsports a fourth straight Daytona victory. As a matter of fact, Michael Self won in 18, Harrison Burch in 19, and of course Self again in 20. But you also have Corey Heim as well, who will be driving for the full championship trail. So hopefully it works out for her and that entire team. But we won't find out until Saturday, February 13th, which will be hours before the Xfinity race. It's going to be wild. It's going to be unpredictable. Much like Arco Menards Racing Series, whatever it may be, National East or West typically ends up being, no matter the car count. It's looking up to be a very, very healthy and feasible field. A very competitive one compared to the past few years where there were, we barely had 30. I don't know how many will show up, but based on what we saw, hopefully we'll see more. But as you heard from Lancaster, there's a lot of decision making to be done. So whether or not you want to bring all the cars you brought up for testing or you want to cut to like one or two. There's a lot of decision making, but the big story is opportunity to run at the 2.5 mile super speedway. It is very critical to get that opportunity. There's a lot of dreams coming true. And we'll see how they do in the Saturday test. Without post testing video conferences, Due to the Chili Bowl, as Charlie <laughs> said after the whole three drivers talked about what went down and the media members asked their questions. We'll see how it goes. And hopefully when we have our next episode of Behind the Exploratory Lessons, which you can listen to on SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon, and Apple. Anyways, that will do it for this episode of Behind the Exploratory Lessons. Make sure you find me on Twitter at DLTFiles, Instagram, Luis D. Torres, L-U-I-S, D-S and David, T-O-R-R-E-S, 9-4. You can find my writings and my works at motorsportstreview.com, thepodiumfinish.net. Want to see my blogs? Want to hear about the songs that I enjoyed most of last year? LuisDTorres.com. That's my Luis Torres Multimedia website where I put my photos, blogs, and interviews and questions, just to name a few. And if you want to support me on Patreon, it's Luis Torres Multimedia on Patreon. I really appreciate your support. And until we meet again, hope you guys have a safe couple weeks. And until we meet again on the next episode, be mindful, stay safe, and also, don't bet on the Seahawks winning against the Rams again.